Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around equity, diversity, and inclusion. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in the space. Let's get started. Brandon Peel is a best-selling author, CEO of Unity Lab, and an expert in purpose, leadership, and culture change. He's trusted as a keynote speaker, consultant, program leader, and has worked with organizations such as Google, Harvard Business School, Johnson & Johnson, Stanford University, Morgan Stanley, U.S. Marine Corps, YPO, University of California, Berkeley, Vistage, Forum for Workplace. I could go on and on. LinkedIn, U.S. Navy, the U.S. Coast Guard, the University of Minnesota. He's the author of Purpose Work Nation, The Purpose Field Guide, and Planet on Purpose, and is the co-author of Purpose Rising and The Purpose Blueprint. His work has been featured by news organizations such as USA Today, US News, World Report, um, and he holds an MBA in leadership from Columbia Business School. He is an imperative certified purpose leader, a Citizen University Fellow, a top 50 purpose ESG leader, and serves on the Council of the Global Purpose Leaders. I am extremely excited to welcome Brandon Peel. And for those of you who listened to T. Mark Meyer maybe a few weeks ago who talked about being authentic, this is another area of work when it comes to yourself. So how do you become authentic? You start to work on your own purpose. And so I am having this wonderful conversation with Brandon, and I know you will get so much out of it. And for those of you that haven't liked and subscribed, I am always looking for subscribers. If you'd like to join my newsletter, you can go to melissabarrett.com, spelled M-E-L-Y-S-S-A-B-A-R-R-E-T-T.com. Enjoy the Jolly Podcast. Okay, I'm excited again. Every week I start the podcast and I say how excited I am because I get to meet and I know that there is there is like brilliance in store because of all the people that I have been able to meet. And this week is no exception. We have Brandon Peel and you're going to tell us a lot about DEI and Unity Labs, and he's an author. He, he's all that. So I'm excited to talk to you. And especially, I just did a podcast a few weeks ago on just the frustration of practitioners who are in the space doing DEI work. And there are certainly things that that can be done, the solutions that can be made. And I know you have done some wonderful things and I love celebrating people that are doing the work. So thank you for joining me. Pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs> but I always want to start because I find it so interesting to figure out, like, how did you get to where you are today? And what 
What does that journey look like for you? <laughs> How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> as long as you want. Well, I will try to share things that will, will be most germane to what we're going to hopefully explore today. But I was raised in the Midwest as a just basic kind of suburban white kid in the burbs. And it was pretty boring. It was just like, go to school, get good grades, go to a college, marry your college sweetheart, move her out to the burbs, make some more humans, work for 40 years, die on a golf course. And like, that was just kind of what I was witnessing in front of me. And it's not to say there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I was like, why is everyone doing the exact same thing? Aren't we supposed to be individuals? Isn't there supposed to be some adventure or creativity in life? And so, but I didn't really have anyone I could talk to about this. It was just, I didn't know what purpose meant. I didn't know really why life was the way it was where I lived and so different on the other side of the tracks. And like, like there was a lot that just wasn't even talked about. So pretty much after college, even though I looked good on paper and went into venture capital, investment banking, startups, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I was a mess. I mean, I was so unfulfilled. It was so, I don't know, meaningless. Moving money around for for what? Like, <laughs> so like a lot of folks, especially with investment banking paychecks, I I, I threw a lot of that at, at, at women, alcohol, and drugs. And by the time, I think I was... 26, 27, I'd been arrested in six different states. I was. Oh, wow. I was, I, w- I went for it. You were the bad boy. <laughs> I was, I, went, I don't know if I was a bad boy. I just like tried to find out where the line was and then crossed it. Okay. All right. <laughs> All that fine, fun, silly, stupid, misspent youth stuff. But in my late 20s, when I was in grad school, I had the opportunity to do some inner work. So there's a program that was offered at my, MBA program. And I quickly got how profoundly dumb I was. Like not just like ignorant about life, but that I that everything I knew did not matter. Like I knew Excel, PowerPoint, and how to party. That was it. <laughs> like wow. nothing else. Not I knew nothing about any of the, the disciplines, the domains that like reveal what it means to be a human being. I knew nothing about poetry, philosophy, spirituality, heard of religion. I mean, like nothing. And so, yeah, and here I am being like invited, like, oh, I'll go, go to Wall Street or go to a consulting firm. And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, do any of you know why you exist? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so basically, like after grad school, I moved out to the Bay Area to work with a number of different social enterprises. And... But the accent of my attention was on inner growth, like personal spiritual leadership development. So I'm just gobbling up programs, landmark work, men's work, Vipassana meditation, therapy, hallucinogens, burning mat, just the whole Bay Area kind of like find yourself thing. And um, it was all good. And I would say like seven years of just like doing lots of really cool programs and gurus and therapists and coaches and all that. But it wasn't until my early 30s that I discovered this body work called purpose work. And that was kind of where things shifted for me. Like I really got that like I'm here for something that matters and I need to get serious real quick about it. So for basically the last 12 years, I've been 
purpose has been the underlying theme. Now, as it intersects with what inclusion, all created equal, the purpose of the United States, that came online in 2020. We talked a couple days ago, like when, when George Floyd was murdered, I was like, I got my summons, like put your shoulder in the wheel, feel like it's time. So I'll, I'll, I'll pause I there. I thought it was really interesting the way you said it though. It was almost like your call to action. Like you were like, I didn't realize it was my fight until like it became real then, which I think a lot of people probably felt. It was kind of like, whoa, like, is there two different humanities going on? Like what's what's going on? And I, I know I felt that where I was with people just going like, is this the world you live in kind of thing? And we walk around, it's like, yeah, like this is this is how we live. So it was interesting that for for you, it was an inflection point. And it was also an inflection point for me in terms of just saying, I want to do something different. And my husband having passed away, it's kind of like, what is my purpose now? I'm no longer part of a couple. What what is my purpose now that I'm here? So it's interesting that you being a certified purpose leader that you are and and all of authoring all these books on purpose. I mean, tell me a little bit about being an expert in purpose, leadership and culture change. I want to say that I believe purpose is a civil right, that it intersects with everything that we care about, everything that's broken in our economy, in this world. So to, just to kind of frame this a little bit, like I didn't have a purpose guide growing up. My teachers and priests weren't talking about purpose. My parents weren't like, nobody was like, Hey, you need to figure out like, what is yours to do here? And now they're just like, go make go some money. Work. Yeah. Go make some <laughs> right. money, go to work, die on a golf course. Like, right. <laughs> so with without purpose, I, I shared what what I put in my purposeized hole: a bunch of drugs, girls, and alcohol. But everyone else is doing the same thing. Who doesn't have a strong sense? So, so we, it's it's this hungry ghost. You just keep trying to put things in there that will like cohere the world, or numb you out, or distract you, or whatever it is. So it's like take a conspiracy, take a pill, watch a Netflix series. Just all this stuff is like filling this this void. Yes. And, but the, but the thing is, we, we still end up developing identities even without, pur without purpose. Yeah. The thing is, what informs those identities are family trauma, systemic inequity, race, gender, homophobia, like all that stuff is what is forming who people believe they, that they are. And so why I'm so freaking nuts about purpose, and we'll talk about the DEI angle here in a second, is that it liberates people from those socialized identities from I mean it's it's not that it heals all your trauma but at least gives you something to fight for like oh yeah this is who I am that's why I have to heal all this stuff with mom and dad and auntie and yes so that's why I'm like this is still right like this needs to be everywhere and because I, I don't want to live in a world where all these identities are formed by racism, sexism, homophobia. Like I want to live in a world where these identities are true. Like people yeah. get who they are underneath a race, gender, sexuality idea. I love it. So that's- That'd be awesome. 
<laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but I and I think it's interesting because I was having some conversations with some folks the other day and there were people are or I should say some companies are even scared to use the words diversity, equity and inclusion now. And they feel like with lawsuits that are coming with the Supreme Court decision on affirmative action, like, why do I even need to do anything with DEI? And I think what's really exciting for me about some of the things that you do with Unity Lab is that, I mean, you really have a focus on how to create, how to utilize those purpose-driven employees and retain them and really kind of activate their purpose so that their sense of belonging is there. And I think a lot of companies miss the opportunity because they're stuck on like diversity, equity, and inclusion words, as opposed to actually connecting their their company's purpose with their employee's purpose. Do you find that a lot or like, how do you, and I guess, I mean, with your work in activating um, people, and I know you've written, you've authored several books. So I'm, I'm anxious for you to kind of like, when you talk about, I think your what, one of your books is called Purpose Work Nation. And the other one is Planet on Purpose, if I remember, right? And you have a, oh no, you have more than that. You got two more. Purpose, Purpose Rising and the Purpose Blueprint. And and the purpose field guide. Okay. And the purpose <laughs> field guide. See? So you can't tell me you're not an expert on purpose. <laughs> well, I'm I'm a guy who knows how to put words on a page, but we'll see. <laughs> well, so so tell me, and and I mean, in relation to DEI, and I think you also do some work on ESG as well, environmental social governance. So how how does all that play together when it comes to purpose? So bunch of really cool ways. Let me let me just pull purpose out of the conversation for a second. Okay. So like I'm Jim Smith. I run finance. I've not done any inner work. I get all my fulfillment from watching the Niners, playing with my kids. Like that's me. And the recruiters aren't calling like they were calling five years ago. There's all this stuff going on in society around ESG, DE, polarization. And then I get invited to go sit and do an anti-discrimination training or an unconscious bias training. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm aligned. Like, yeah, I don't believe in discrimination or bias and probably I'll have it. And so, and let's just say you have like the world's best DEI trainer in there who just like, boom, blows minds and folks are getting like, wow, I just really, I, I get my biases. I get the impact of my actions on others that don't look like me and make love like me and pee like me. And like, let's, let, let's just say that that one hour or half day or full day thing is just like, like blows this guy's mind. His identity isn't at stake yet. It's just like he got something intellectually. And the research shows that even when people do have these cathartic moments in workshops, the behavior and beliefs revert back within 24 hours. Yeah. Now, if he was in a an e-learning program, right, he would 
have like a five to 15% chance of completing the program. Like if, 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 and let's, let's go back to like a full day thing. Let's say he has this awesome thing. Seven days after that, he's already forgotten 90% of everything that happened on that day. Wow. So that's, that, that's the world that we're living in right now. Like, and that, that's like when it goes well, that's what happens. So the reason that, that, that purpose matters and, and the way in which we activate it with social learning, you know, small diverse groups, but primarily purpose is that it affects that identity shift from that socialized self to the authentic self. Like they get their, their values, like what they care about, the vision for the world that they want to create, like what they're here to do, how they're uniquely called to transform it. And that has nothing to do with their race, their career, their resume, their voting pattern, their sexuality, any of that. So that identity is is not controversial. It's usually like a very beautiful thing. Like, oh, I create a world of peace and prosperity and my values are compassion and creativity and courage. Like nobody's got this nasty ass purpose statement. Like right. be number one, kill others, dominate. Like <laughs> we hope, no, blah, we blah, hope blah. not anyway. <laughs> yeah, no, the, honestly, they're, they're, like I've yet to see one and like the thousands of people have been through this. Like they're all beautiful. All, yeah, I mean, I've done this in jails. People are like, I mean, the beauty in these hearts, it's amazing. So why this matters for DEI, if people don't have a sense of their own purpose, everything that happens DEI related doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell of occurring as self-expression. It is always something that the experience they did that happened to them that got forced down through e-learning, workshop, whatever. Or an app, it's like people have EI apps. Like, so, like me, Jim Smith, I could never relate to inclusion as self-expression unless I know who I am first. Inclusion is something that, like, I should do, I have to do. I, I, if I want to get ahead, blah blah blah. Want to run diverse teams? Like, I need to do this. But it's not like it's who I am. Like, I believe in the inherent dignity of all life. Like, I stand for everyone on my team to have all the resources they need to fulfill their potential. Like, because when you activate your own sense of purpose, you, re- you recognize that everybody else has that same latent potential that if you can help them activate it, then wow, what kind of world are we living in? Yes. So that's why you know, I keep beating this purpose drum every time I talk to a leader or anyone in DEI. I'm like, if you don't activate purpose, everything that you do is not going to stick, not going to stick. Yeah. Um, so let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Well, and I think it's interesting because we, we talk a lot about structure and eliminating barriers and all of those things. And, and I love this conversation because I spend a lot of time with people that are really focused on neuro-linguistic programming and levels of change that, and identity really is one of the, the deepest, you know, and you can change your environment, you can change your behavior, et cetera. But when you're talking about your identity, I mean, you got to go levels up to really kind of do that inner work. 
And I think there are, I'm not, and, and I'll even, I'll claim it myself. I don't know that I even began to do the inner work until after my husband passed away, like seven years ago. And that, because I think a lot of times you get so caught up in just the activity that you never turn turn it on yourself. You know what I mean? To really kind of figure out. And I always thought I had a purpose. I mean, there were things that I was like, this is me. Like, this is what I'm doing. But when when you find kind of like your legs cut off, I mean, because when your husband dies, I think you kind of like, like, what am I doing in my life? I mean, and so for me, it was like, okay, I need to like really look inside and and figure out what am I here for? What do I want to do? Because I think working as a couple, as a parent, as a grandparent, <laughs> that's a different sense of identity than you actually finding your own purpose. And so, so how do you think people find their purpose though? I mean... I think you mentioned it was like you got activated in some form or fashion in different ways. But I mean, if you're a person like me who's like, okay, what am I doing? Like, where do you even start? So, so first, let me just share that like, most people come to the purpose question in a, in a similar way that you did, right? It's through loss, through some kind of bottoming out. Like, they, they, there's death, divorce, they get fired, they wrap their DUI, wrap the car around a pole. Like most folks don't come into the question from a place like everything's going good. Right. <laughs> and, and especially for men and white men who, for whom this world was built and designed, we tend to think about the world in terms of hardware. If something doesn't feel good, we like need a new wife, need an apartment, need a new job, car, like it's, and, and, and you can re refresh those for decades before you realize that you're the asshole. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, so it's at some point, somebody has to get that there's a software issue, this operating system level issue. And for folks for whom this world was not built, women, people of color, BTQIA plus folks, they, they actually tend to like, be much more willing and eager to play with with the software. Like, oh yeah, I'll go to therapy or I'll go on this meditation retreat. Like something ain't right. Like, why am I so un unhappy all the time? So the, the first thing is like, somebody has to have an earnest desire to like really find it. Now, we don't share any of that with our corporate clients. All we say is like the key to fulfilling career, longer tenures, productivity, higher levels of innovation, more effective leadership is when people activate a sense of purpose. If you want to have a healthy career, more successful career, more fulfilling career, do this program. And so folks will then opt into it. We don't say like, <laughs> we don't have to beat them down. Yeah. Like nothing. You're going to find <laughs> yourself. Well, yeah. <laughs> but th that being said, like outside of a context where somebody hands it to you, like our clients, they hand it to their their employees most folks like are on their own and so so the process and, and again this is not mine this is just what the field has more or less discovered is what works it's kind of like in four phases and if you want to go deeper on this tim kelly 
who wrote the forward, my book, Planet on Purpose, like his book, True Purpose is awesome. And it, it kind of tells you about these four phases. But almost every other guide, all my other colleagues, they all have more or less these same steps. So the part of you that knows your purpose is not the part of you who, you know, moves to the world. Let's call that your ego or your personality, right? That part, its only job is to like keep the wheels on the bus, keep you from getting hit by a bus, keep you from taking unnecessary risks, from looking bad. Like its job is just like lock it up, Melissa. <laughs> it's 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 not like, like that part does not want your freak flag to fly. It's just like stay on the keep, path. Yeah, keep the train on the track. <laughs> the part that does know your purpose, you we can call that your higher self, your soul whatever but it, it's a it's a part it's part of you and it knows but this part over here isn't that interested in it so i'm just going to like lay that as like a foundation for what happens in these four stages so in the first stage we actually ask the ego so i ask melissa what most fulfills her what kind of what 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 are the biggest lessons she's had in her life it's very much like coaching personal development type questions that kind of like get the general area that purpose might be lying because ego it, it it knows something about the soul it pr would prefer the soul just went away but it's like oh yeah i think pretty much you know, purpose is in this direction we we'll also do some in that first stage like asking people who know you really well and who've seen you in a bunch of different contexts personal professional spiritual romantic all that how they see like who you are how you show up your values like what are the ways you contribute all that. And then, then we have all this rich data that the ego that is like, wow, that's just cool. And then the next thought the ego has is like, oh, this looks dangerous. If I actually step into this, I'm going to be the weirdo, right? I'll lose my job, lose my family, lose my blah, 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 blah. So the, so the second stage is actually dissecting that ego. So specifically, I'm going to use Tim's words here your critic, your skeptic, your image consultant, your wounded child, your risk manager, and getting to know them and, and inviting them, right? Or I should say, once you get to know each of them, ask them what they need to step uh, step away so that you can actually have a direct conversation with soul. So that's stage two. Stage three is that direct conversation. So much of exercise is there. And then stage four is integration. So that is the the individual purpose journey. We don't do anything beyond stage one in our work <laughs> with with Unity Lab. Okay, that's what I do with executives and retreats and one on one stuff. But yeah, so but but that's really the inner work though, right? I mean, it's like because you don't really even know what you want. So then, are they? I mean, where you leave folks, do you expect that they go to stage two, three, and four, or or how how does that work? With with Unity Lab, no, we we tell them it exists. Like, if you want to go deeper, go to the Global Purpose Leaders. Go find a guide. Go work with them. There's also uh, you're familiar with positive intelligence. I think we talked about it the other day. Yeah, we may have talked about it, but that's another less intense way to look at these inner parts and how they relate to your purpose, your soul. But if you want, if if you want guaranteed results, work with somebody one on one. But, but for, for the most part, 
what we found is that once people just have a, a sense of the, what their purpose statement is, that they can then start to make some pretty powerful choices, the decisions in their life. So in like the life we all like, home, health, finances, relationships, work, all that kind of stuff, they can say like, all right, is that area aligned with my purpose or not? So they, they can they can start to actualize it even though they haven't done the deep work of understanding all their wounds, stories, limiting beliefs, all that kind of stuff that these parts Right. Have. Awesome. Wow. That's awesome. So, so then in terms of, cause I find your, I mean, all the work that you've done with respect to your, your books and all, and I can't wait to get them cause I have, I'm ordering because I'm really interested in this. I just had a conversation with T Mark Meyer regarding authenticity and being your authentic self. So to me, it was like, oh, purpose. That's like, that's, I mean, like how you become authentic. You have to know who you are first, right? But, and and answer some of these questions on purpose, which kind of gives you that authenticity because then it's like you actually know who you are. So what, if you have another book that you're working on or you're, is it about to come out? My hope is it'll be out in March, April. Oh, that's like right around the corner. <laughs> I hope. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I could discover some big problems that I'm held off to fix, but um, that is my hope. Hopefully not. Hopefully not. And so, and it it is also in this same vein on purpose or? It is probably the weirdest book I've ever written. Um, really? <laughs> so it is attempting to ignite a spiritual revolution in the United States. Okay. Uh, where we could relate to the powerful, sacred, liberating function of our nation's purpose as our own. And like to have a spiritual connection, like, yeah, I want to live in a world where all are created equal and not just like inseminated, but actually have the resources and the rights they need to be created over three decades. Like, I want to live in a, in a, a world where Everyone has everything they need to fulfill life, liberty, pursuit, happiness, where we, as King talked about, like the mountaintop is one of eat Barbasunum. It's like recognizing the divinity, loving each other as much as ourselves. And so it is, it's not unaligned with DEI and equity, but it is, it's definitely taking like a deeper cut at like yeah. what it means to be an American. Like, are we going to spiritually commit to this marriage or are we, are we out? I love it. Well, that sounds like you might want to run for office soon. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people say that. I, I I'm like, um, wow, we need more people like you up in the office over there. Well, we do. And in the current conditions, even great folks, and we've seen it cycle after cycle, the best folks don't get in. So I'm I'm sober to that fact. And I'm not going to waste my time and a bunch of people's time and money to try to like win some office so I can achieve nothing because <laughs> the system's screwed up. And <laughs> well, let's let's hope we let's hope we learn. I know we have important elections coming up, so hopefully we will have mean? people is voting. Is, is there one this year? <laughs> yeah. Well, you think? <laughs> oh my gosh! So this is this is really interesting to me. So then. Now, the one thing that I, and I don't know if you wanted to go deeper into some of this, because I noticed you, I think you have a bison on your hat. Do you not? Mm -hmm. I do. 
Um, and we were having a really interesting conversation about the bison. So I was hoping you could kind of talk a little bit about, I, in some of my DEI work, I, I actually use animals to make particular points. And we were having a whole conversation about the bison that I, that I found interesting. This, this animal is our national mammal. Obama signed it into law with a bipartisan coalition. Remember this, things were divided back then too, like. We couldn't yeah. get anything passed, along with the Intertribal Buffalo Council. And they said, we're going to name this animal as our nation's mammal. Now, yeah, I remember seeing it. It was like deep in the New York Times. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Like, I've got a special connection with the bison. Now that now the nation does, like, it's really interesting because we almost, we almost killed them. We almost like literally wiped them out. Right. And they're back to a few hundred thousand now, or maybe a few million, I, I don't know which, but it's really interesting. And so as, as I shared with you a couple days ago, like after George's murder, began writing and about the purpose of the United States and you know, holding this kind of, this bison in juxtaposition with the eagle, right? Yep. So eagle, our national bird, swoops down from on high from its safe Secluded perch, and like the it's it's the gated community of of the natural world. <laughs> it swoops down to steal, scavenge, hunt, and fly back to its perch to enjoy the fruits of its exploits. You know, and like the distribution of power and wealth in the United States, it's white on top, brown on bottom. Kind of weird that we chose that to worship and the freaking slap on all of our buildings and currency. Like, wait a minute. That's that's who we are? I mean, obviously it is true because we did a lot of that stuff, right? Native genocide, bison side, uh, slavery, forced labor, like all this stuff. Like that's part of us too. And yet juxtaposed with this bison or national mammal, well, A, it's, it's a mammal like us. It's a herd species. But it, its behavior is so much more generative, so, so like a much better match for our nation's purpose, right? It, it's a keystone species, so it leaves every prairie, every forest better than I found it. Through its play, its wallowing, its you know, stampeding, all that kind of stuff, it actually makes the that that area, that that ecosystem, more biologically resilient, diverse. When was the last time America left any place better than it found it? <laughs> now, look, my mom said, just be silent if you know. So it, and it's, it's also inclusive, like it shares close space with deer, moose, bison, elk, like, like it, it's, it's not like, this is my valley, leave, go to the other valley. That's the animal valley over there. And that's the bear valley. And that's like, no, dude, it's plenty like chill. Like, let's enjoy the stream, the fish, the whatever together. It's courageous. It runs into a storm to get through it quicker versus cattle that run away. So another important value here, like we've got a lot of stuff to face. We've got systemic racism. We've got reparations. We've got native uh, genocide. We've got obviously climate crisis. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's going to take real adults with lots of courage to, to fix. And... So, so those are just three of like the eight or so bison ethics that I articulate. But my belief is that 
let's let's be bison. Like let's be like that. And there's a pathway for that towards that. Activate our personal purpose, create a sense of belonging, build real community, and then we can actually be bison and have the country we all want to live in. I love it. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. I want to live in that country. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can actually like by if 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 you if you take all credit equally, pluribusunum, life liberty pursuit of happiness, and you apply them the data on it. There's like 12 other countries that do it way better than us. You can leave anytime and go. Well, can <laughs> you send me the list? Because I need to find <laughs> out where they are. <laughs> I, I think I think it's basically it's the inequality adjusted human development index from the from the UN. So you just look at where the United States is. Everybody else is way better than us. Okay. Or not everybody, but a number all right. People might be hearing the Jolly podcast and Melissa will be remote from somewhere else. And that's... <laughs> no, that's awesome. So, so interesting. So interesting. So, so then in terms of just some of the things that, that you have been doing, even just focusing on this first phase that you talked about, I mean, clearly you can see increases in retention and inclusion and engagement and all of that, even though you're only at phase one. So why aren't more companies really doing some of this? It's, it's interesting. I was at a conference in December on AI and like three X return on AI. I'm like, there's a 40x return on purpose and belonging. Why are we even talking about this thing that has all of these negative externalities? Right. Like, what the heck? And and I was just being me. I was like, why are we even talking about this? Like, there's actually real things to do here. We have real grown-up problems. And they said, well, that stuff seems hard. I'm like, okay, it might seem hard. And you're welcome to take that, but it's not. Here's actually how it happens. Yeah. And so, like, I think right now it exists so far out of the current paradigm. And the current paradigm being one of, like, domination, exploitation, extraction. And so, like, to consider that individuals have a purpose violates that worldview, that if they bring that to work, they'll be more creative productive, innovative, happy, longer, 10 years, violates that, that, that worldview. So why, ha- why hasn't it happened? Well, there just frankly aren't enough companies that are, that are humanistic from go. There's only like what, three, 4,000 B Corp companies. There's maybe the same amount of like 1% for the planet. There, there just aren't that many companies that have aspired to anything greater than following the law. And making making some profit. Yeah, there's, yeah, just like like make money, don't get caught is basically yeah. how 99% of the economy works. And that's that would be fine. I could understand that if this was like 1982, but it's 2023 when like two-thirds of folks want equitable inclusive work workspaces, two-thirds of folks want sustainable supply chains. Like the world is saying cut the shit corporate America, like be a grown-up make make an honest profit deliver a good product and everyone's like i only got five years left to retirement i'm gonna kick the can right i keep hearing that whole kick the can down the road thing it's like 
It's kind of annoying because, I mean, I think about like what my parents went through during the 60s. I mean, they were in their prime back then. And my grandparents, yeah, before them. And so now I kind of go, wow, like, okay, what are my grandkids and their kids going to be dealing with the same thing? It's really frustrating. So, so give me your best words of advice when it comes to folks that are working in the space or like, what, what could we be doing better? Are there some solutions we should be focused on? Well, I articulate a bunch of the stuff that's going wrong in DEI, L&D, wellness, and purpose work nation. And to your listeners out there who work in those fields or related, I'm going to say something you're not going to like. You're part of the problem. <laughs> and not you, Melissa, but what I'm, what I'm sharing is that like almost everybody in these fields is thinking about point solutions for symptoms of a problem. Yeah. They're like, all right, we need an app because folks aren't getting on the treadmill enough and we want to give them a point system and coupons for blah, blah, blah. We need, we're so far behind on our DEI stuff. Like, let's do more anti-discrimination training. Let's, yeah. yeah, let's let's go visit HBCUs. Like, let's, let's do these point things. And it's better than nothing, maybe. I don't know. Like, let's, let's celebrate this day. Let's celebrate that. Like, there's a bunch of stuff that is just like point solution. Like, you got to look at the deeper problem. Yes. The deeper problem is that we're all traumatized. Nobody knows who they are. We're all afraid of each other. And we're sabotaging everything. So we've, we've, we've got to get down to the belief and behavior change. And that's where the purpose conversation is. So what do you think about this whole, this whole view of what is it like? I don't want them to have it because they'll take it away from me. You have a lot of leaders out there that are like, oh no, I don't want to be diverse because then I got to give away my stuff or like that whole scarcity mentality, even though the world is becoming much more diverse and just the, the broader view of people in general. I mean, there are lots of people, a lot less of them look like you. And so, so I, you know, it, it's just strikes me as like, I mean, what are we doing? So I love the fact that you're kind of like taking kind of a, a spiritual look to kind of go, let's even go deeper. Like now that you even know your purpose, like, like let's like really get to the root, which I think everything kind of goes back to that the intelligent, the the one true defining God of our origin, right? So I think it's it's pretty awesome that you are you are taking that level and going deep. So I, I got no other choice. I don't, everything <laughs> else I've tried doesn't work. <laughs> well, you look pretty good out there outside hanging out. So what are you going to do? So awesome. Well, so what, what's next for, for you, Brandon? I mean, you talked about the book coming out. I know you are a speaker, consultant, program leader. You, I mean, you work with a lot of different companies and I think universities and, and all sorts of places. Are there things that in a, in a brief way, is there, is there something that you, 
Like next steps, what should people be thinking about? Well, I mean, in, in terms of my work, I, I'll, I can share on that. But what, what I strongly urge other folks who are listening to this and you know, do some purpose work yourself, like, because it's one thing to talk about it, to read the research on it. Yeah, I've got lots of books on that. Lots of other people do too, but experience it. Like once you experience the transformative power of it, you'll be like, of course, that's what they're talking about. That's why this is the key to equity, to flourishing, to peace, to healing. Like that's, that's why. So do whatever you got to do, get yourself some purpose. Like in terms of me, like I, like, A, I want, I want this book to be good. So I'm like sewing it up and researching it and getting feedback and all this kind of stuff. But my, like my BHAG, my like wild, crazy idea, assuming I get this book in good enough shape by March, April is to fly up to Seattle and take Amtrak all across the country doing these engagements where we're inviting people to like step into Bison versus Eagle. And oh, uh, nice. yeah, it basically like start to like play with the purpose of the United States, like Bison, Eagle, like, and maybe it'll have some effect on the election. Maybe it won't. Maybe it'll be the last time we can ever travel safely across the country. <laughs> maybe it won't. <laughs> As part of the United States? No. Yeah. I don't, like, <laughs> it, could, it could literally be Amtrak stop by Amtrak stop. Whether or not I'm welcome there. <laughs> right. But yeah, I mean, that that's like, I want to do that. And so if you're interested in that and like having some deeper conversation about what it means to be an American, friend me on LinkedIn, all that kind of stuff. And I'll be sharing more about that as it develops. That's awesome. I love it. I think there are a lot of people out there that have shifted the definition of what it means to be American. And I love the fact that you're like, no, let me tell you what being an American is. So I, I think it's awesome that you can kind of reshape what that looks like on a on a different level when you start thinking about the eagle and the bison. So pretty cool. Very cool. Very cool. All right. Well, I know we have been, I could probably just go on and on talking and talking. So, but I do, do want to thank you so much for joining me for this great conversation. I hope we will continue to stay connected. I am going to definitely keep up with you. Let me know when the book comes out so I can, I can get that one. I want a signed version because you're not that far from me. So yeah. Uh, Next time you're in town. Come on. Yeah. But thank you so much for um, chatting with me. I'm so excited to see the work that you're doing in the world. And I thank you for it. Wish you the best with the new book. And let us know, how can people get a hold of you if they are, if they want to see the book, check out the book, where's the best place to go? Yeah, I mean, I I used to put out a newsletter and then nobody read it. I stopped doing it. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, I mean, you can find me on the socials. So I'm uh, I'm on, you know, Brandon Peel, E-E-E-L-E. And yeah, Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta, X. And then you're going to want to go to my website. You can do that. That's where I, you can find everything. BrandonPeel.com. And I'll take you to Unity Lab. If you want to go that direction, you can go to books, that direction. So. Awesome. He's around, folks. You can find him. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. 
please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.